Thanks for joining us today at the Hospitality Hangout. This is a hospitality-focused podcast featuring the one and only restaurant rabbi and the finance guy. My name is Jimmy Frischling, and you can call me the finance guy. Thanks, Jimmy. I am Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant rabbi, and you can call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, innovation, technology, and capital. This episode is the second part of a two-part series where we're exploring beverage, e-commerce opportunities as it relates to hospitality and navigating a new means of digital shopping for both customers and businesses during and after the COVID crisis. While the necessary stay-at-home and shelter-in-place orders have crushed the in-store sales across the F&B industry on a macro and micro level, the opportunity to provide comfort of food and alcohol into people's homes has grown exponentially. Today, we will be talking about beer. Jimmy, nobody likes beer more than you, though maybe you like a whiskey better, but you certainly do like beer. Shats, I wish I could tell you that I drink alone, um, and sometimes I do, but since you're usually my partner in crime at all those outings, I will simply say I resemble the comment that you just shared. Exactly. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about e-commerce and its relationship to uh, alcohol sales. We're all talking about the coronavirus, everybody being quarantined, takeout delivery has been the norm. People are drinking a lot more being home than they have in in, uh, normal circumstances. A couple of interesting stats I'd like to throw out is that since we've had this pandemic, I guess in the mid-March, I'll say, alcohol sales have soared by about 60, 65%. Online liquor sales, beer sales, et cetera, have soared over 250%. And beer sales specifically are up around 40, 50%. So these numbers are incredible and show how uh, during these uh, difficult times, one thing that seems to be recession-proof, or I should say pandemic-proof, is uh, people certainly like to drink, and there's no exception here. I thought we agreed there'd be no math in this podcast. Did I miss the memo that math was part of it? You are the finance guy, so you really should be talking about the math. I'm the restaurant rabbi. This is really out of my uh, expertise. All right. I accept that math is in. Sales, alcohol, beer, up. Good, and I can't wait to talk to our guest, Mr. Sherman. Well, without further ado, I'd like to bring in our guest, Jason Sherman. He is the CEO and founder of Taproom. He is not only a good friend of ours, but he is also a partner of ours. Jason has more hair than Jimmy and uh, more hair than me. Combined. Jason, welcome (laughs) to the Hospitality Hangout with uh, Restaurant Rabbi and the Finance Guy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you both uh, having me on the podcast. You're quite the duo. Quite the duo. Can we wake, can we wake you up? Oh, yeah. You woke me up now. I uh, I can tell you I got my hair cut right before COVID. Luckily, or else it would be down to my knees at this stage. You guys have a lot to make fun of. It's funny, Jay, you bring that up. We can't get haircuts. I went to one of the stores, like Target or one of those stores, to buy some trimmers and stuff for the kids because their hair is like growing like weeds. And it's completely sold out. There are no scissors, no trimmers, no buzzers, anywhere to be found. In Long Island, so everyone <laughs> seems to be having a problem with that. I guess I, I could expand Taproom to sell scissors and razors as well on demand to people in New York. Well, give us a little brief description. Uh, what is Taproom? How long has it been around? What exactly you're doing? Give us a, a little bit of uh, color on what is Taproom. Absolutely. So let me give you, I guess, a little background on myself too, which helps out the story. So I am a lawyer by training, as you both know. Harvard Law School started working on the sell side for a very large beer acquisition deal where I then started working for Anheuser-Busch's at that time, 
was called the Disruptive Growth Organization. We were tasked with figuring out how beer was going to change over the next 100 years and how to get ahead of it. So we spent a lot of time acquiring craft breweries globally. Um, craft beer in 2015 was already a big thing in the U.S., however, hadn't really grown all that much across the rest of the world. So, you know, as AB InBev was the largest beer company in the world, still is, they wanted to get ahead of that trend. Similarly, e-commerce in beer was a new emerging field. Back then in 2015, it was less than 0.1% of all beer sales were online. You know, just earlier this year, it was 0.2%. So while that isn't a lot of growth, still very small, you know, AB InBev wanted to get ahead of that trend across the world. So it was really acquiring a lot of e-commerce companies in London, in France, Brazil, Argentina, a couple in China, one in Australia, all on behalf of AB InBev. When it came to the U.S., I'm, you know, everyone that is probably listening to this, and you guys know full well, three-tier rules the day in beer sales. Jay, um, can you give us a little color on what three-tier means? We throw yep. it around a lot. I don't think everybody really understands what three-tier is. Real quick. For sure. I think it's amazing how many people actually in the industry think they know what it is and then realize they don't. But no, I'm happy to dive into it. During pre-prohibition, the big alcohol players, especially the beer players, used to own all the taverns. So you go to the Lower East Side and there'd be 40 taverns on a block. All of them were actually owned by Schlitz or Paps or Anheuser-Busch, and they would lease them to the tavern operator. But in return for those leases, they would have very high quotas on how much Schlitz you'd have to drink or serve in your tavern every day. That led to prohibition, many say, because those quotas were causing people to overdrink, the violence, the crime, all the reasons people wanted to push for abstinence. So post-prohibition, the states came together and said, we're never going to let an alcohol supplier, so Schlitz, Paps, and Anheuser-Busch, we're never going to let them own a bar or a restaurant that serves alcohol ever again. So that it was really introduced through a form of regulation called three-tier now, but really at its basic core, the supplier of beer, so the person, the brewery, has to sell to a middleman distributor in every state they go to, so different ones in every state by and large, and that distributor is the only one that can sell to the bars and restaurants, and those bars and restaurants or supermarkets are the only ones that can sell to the consumer. So where do you sit in the three-tier tap room? Yeah, so I guess pushing ahead to Taproom, we found with Anheuser-Busch that a big problem for selling online is three-tier, right? If you're making beer and your primary focus was selling online, so like Harry's of Razors or the Bonobos or, or sock any of these. Sock company. Right. Right. You couldn't do it in beer without going through two or three people in the middle. And all the e-commerce solutions that were out there at the time, the Drizzly, the Minibar, the Instacart, the Postmates, were really just another tier, kind of like Seamless or Grubhub. It's made it very hard to launch brands online. You know, I started Taproom about a year and a half ago with the core aim of collapsing as much of those tiers together in any way that was legal, putting them together with the eye of making it very easy for any beer brand to launch, whether that be launch online, launch to bars and restaurants, all the above, and reach any consumer they need to get to. So that's sort of Taproom. We are the first full-service beer distributor in the country that also has a robust direct-to-consumer e-commerce arm. So we can allow any brand to sign up with us here in New York City. We're based in Brooklyn. You get a branded website where you put up your products. It is where your products can live, your consumers can come to. We will ship it to their homes. But also, you know, we'll do all the bells and whistles of a traditional distributor from salespeople on the ground 
to innovative technology, making the rebuys as easy as possible, to having the relationships with the big box players. So we do full service brand creation is kind of what we're calling it now. If I don't let Jimmy chime in as the finance guy, I think the guy's head's going to explode. So let me let Jimmy jump in and ask a couple questions about finance because it's been three minutes since he's spoken. And let me tell you, he's going nuts right now. I started to break into a sweat, I got to tell you. But before we jump <laughs> into the, uh, the the nuts and bolts of Tap Room and the work you're doing, and it's really as a restaurant owner and operator, we love Tap Room. I should say uh, the team at Branded, first and foremost, were customers of Taproom. And we want to get into that. But something that I don't mean to put you on the spot, although I guess I do. Can you tell us as a beer connoisseur and our leading expert, do you have a favorite beer? And if so, are you at liberty of sharing uh, such information with Shatz and myself and our audience? Oh, man, this is a tough one. I do have a favorite beer, though I always get in trouble as soon as I say it, because different brands then think I'm preferencing other brands, you know, but I am a big fan of lighter beers in the Pilsners. So while everyone on my team, I would call beer geeks or beer nerds that like some of the most intense barrel aged sours or the juiciest, thickest double IPAs, you know, that are all hazy and intense. I tend to grab the Bud Lights and all of our brands, Pilsners and Lagers, um, so I'm, I'm the weak one of, of the beer bunch in my company. But I think right now, my favorite beer to, that I'm going to on a regular basis is Shower Beer from Champion Brewing. It's uh, a beer you can drink in the shower and still feel good about yourself. Well, that's awesome. That's how, the, that's how they position it. And then I, I instill it in my afternoon, evening routine as well. So. And I think beer is actually excellent for the hair, if I remember. <laughs> I, I've never heard that. So that is a new one for me. I think... Uh, I remember an old commercial uh, growing up, Fabergé said it was had a little beer in it. And he said, and don't drink it. So I'm pretty sure beer is good for your hair. So. <laughs> I'll have to toss it in there today. I'll let you know. <laughs> I like everything you said, Jason, and it crushes. Uh, Shatsy's a big Mick Ultra guy. He really goes for the, uh, he wants to make sure those carbs are kept to a minimum. So right. he loves his Mick Ultra. But anyway, let's get into this thing. From one finance guy to another, Jason, let's talk numbers. Can you share with us how sales have fared? since the the COVID outbreak commenced for Taproom? For sure. I mean, I were, like many of the distributors across New York City, at least, our distribution group on the on-premise market collapsed close to 2 or 3% of what it used to be. It was, you know, did not fare well, given the restrictions placed on the bars and restaurants, which was very sad. However, as the only distributor in the country with that a very robust e-commerce side, it exploded. Most people are saying, these COVID restrictions increased the acceptance of buying beer online by about three or four years amongst consumers. And we ended up being the New York beneficiary of that as the group that was thinking a little ahead. So our e-commerce sales at this point are probably up about 40x of what they were pre-COVID. We are rapidly expanding our capabilities to help support more and more brands online, even ones we're not, certainly ones we're not distributing all the way to ones that we do, to even ones that just want advice on how do we open our own e-commerce store? We're helping dozens and dozens do this. For us, we're trying to rise the tide here during these COVID restrictions to make it easier for everyone to order online, but also realize that they can. So I see a lot more growth even coming over the next couple of months in the beer e-commerce space and us as well. Yeah, that's great stuff, Jason. On the restaurant side, you know that we've owned and operate 20 or so restaurants here in New York City. We've been a customer on the restaurant side of Tap Room, I guess, a few months since you've launched. So I'd say about a year now. 
And on the restaurant side, we basically were buying kegs from you. One of our restaurants has the self-pouring beer wall. So we got a lot of really interesting products from you, really things you couldn't find from the big monster distributors, which has been great. Since COVID hit, obviously a lot of restaurants have closed temporarily. And we found that our restaurants that are open still doing some take on delivery, we've seen a big shift. The SLA made it legal for restaurants to now sell alcohol direct to consumer, I guess, through our delivery channels, which we couldn't really do before. And we've also are selling a lot more cans. Are you seeing a a big shift where a lot of people are buying the cans from you now and are you delivering a lot more cans? Are you signing up more restaurants now because they weren't a customer before, but now they see they can sell cans and things like that? Are you seeing any change? Can you give us some color about that? Absolutely. So we are almost exclusively selling packaged products at this point. So you know, 99% cans, but some bottles as well. Um, so we've fully transitioned to that. We, as sort of the leaders in alcohol e-commerce in New York, we have gone out and actually helped many, many, many restaurants adopt their menus, change their offerings with their food pairings, helping them with their pricing around beer sales um, and what to sell. So we've opened many new places because of, uh, I wouldn't call it consultancy, but advisory, you know, free advisory. We've been offering as restaurants are transitioning to a delivery-only environment you know, small things like you can't sell draft bud light in a plastic cup and throw a top on it in a straw and deliver that with a burger for $8. It just doesn't work anymore, right? You, you have to sell products in the way that everyone else online is. So selling packaged products in cans as six packs that pair well with the food, give them the advice on your culinary end, you know, all the little bells and whistles that we've known for years, but it, it does take some quick learning in this environment to do e-commerce well, especially in beer. And because we've been able to help so many people out, we've increased the restaurant base significantly. Love that. So Jason, we've talked a lot about the breweries and the direct-to-consumer. If you're a restaurant and now you're embarking on a delivery solution and you want to be part of this e-commerce solution in the beer and seltzer market, what advice could you give to a first-timer who has never done this before and, and wants to break into this emerging way of off-premise business? Yeah, there's a lot of small things. So I work very closely with Buffalo Wild Wings and Fridays and Applebee's um, now five, six years ago when they were first testing out the idea of both pickup and delivery and takeout with Bud Light and Budweiser and Stella. And we tested and piloted a lot of different things. And there's just some easy wins that seem obvious, but until you actually go through the exercise of testing it, they you may just keep doing it wrong for a long time. And the first is pretty obvious, right? One is your consumers are coming to you largely probably because they love your food. They're expecting you to give them a great culinary experience. That can also be something you do pairing with your beer, just like you're pairing wines, I'm sure. And you probably are delivering wine with the food at this point. The doing the same thing for beer is just as important now. Your consumers around you are coming to you for that expertise. So that means little things. So if you have a branded website or if you're on Seamless or Grubhub, making sure that the descriptions of your beer, or if you have the option for pairing on your website, that those descriptions pair well. So make sure that if you have an IPA that you love from the local area that you're in, that it describes how well it pairs with that fish dish that you're trying to promote tonight. People will buy those. Secondly, you got to remember that people don't want one beer at a time. 
It's just not a thing with their dinner. Jimmy yeah. does double fist in a six pack at once. So Jimmy's going to need a case. So make sure you have the Jimmy option. <laughs> but by and large, you should try and have a four and six pack option packaged only. So make sure that you are not just selling one can with the burger. Have a four pack for $10 available or a four pack for $15 add on available with every meal. Make sure it's well paired. Why that pricing? You can't be a four pack for $40 like you're probably used to on premise because you they're just going to forego doing that in order from the local bodega or supermarket or grocery store. You still want them to trust your ability to pair. So while you're going to take a little hit on the margin, you'll probably sell 5, 6, 10x what you would otherwise, and it becomes part of your business and you'll become well known for it. So you really want to narrow down the ones you love, pair it well with the food, and not give them too much selection or else it's going to be overwhelming. And you should work with your website agent to make sure it's very clear that is an add-on to certain items or else it'll get lost because most people don't know you can add beer to your food in any way. Awesome. That's great, Jason. And thank you for that. You know, as Shatz and I have mentioned, uh, we're a restaurant owner operator. We've been a customer of Jason and the team at Taproom. We know firsthand the value you bring to our industry. Um, I think uh, Taproom uniquely promotes to its community, uh, the bars and restaurants that are serving the awesome lineup of beers on the Taproom platform. We've never seen a distributor go so out of its way to promote the very venues that are hosting and serving your beers. And, and that's been, that was loved. We also know that consumers, the customers are now loving your direct to home delivery service. So we've covered the bars and, and restaurants and why they will return when they're allowed to have on-premise. We know they're big fans of yours. We know your customers love the DTC. What about the breweries? You purchase, I think, a, a lot of beer. How's your relationship with the breweries itself changed given what's going on or how do they fit in uh, in terms of your relationship to the taproom ecosystem? It's a great question. Uh, Lots of great questions. Yeah, he's a good question guy. Uh, we were representing a lot of great brands before COVID that really signed up with us for no other reason than they wanted to take a risk on a cool startup doing something interesting in the space. They knew e-commerce was an option. They never really thought of it as anything substantive. You know, the questions they were asking were always around, you know, what were our sales on-premise and off-premise? Even knowing e-commerce numbers was irrelevant in their minds, mostly across the board. And then this whole experience as our direct-to-consumer channel sort of exploded, it became the only outlet for many, many brands across the board, whether we were distributing them or not, to reach people at home. So we started getting outreach. Now we're getting about 100 a week from different brands reaching out to see how they could partner with us in a bigger way because of that direct-to-consumer channel overnight becoming so important. And I think this is great for brands is that they're realizing that prior to this, they had two customers. They had the ones usually right out of their tap room that they would sell to, and they had their distributors. And there's this third customer of people out there in the universe that want their product that they're now suddenly thinking about how to sell to. We're helping a lot of brands right now with simple stuff. You know, if you go to a toilet paper website, the first thing you're going to see is a buy now button for toilet paper, and they'll direct you to three or four places you can get it delivered to your home. If you go to a rubber band site, the same thing. But for some reason in the beer space, you go to all these people's websites, they don't have a buy now button you can easily find, if at all. Um, and so small little call to actions that are just optimized a little bit for mobile and like some pieces that are driving these online sales for people that we're able now to go help them out. So we have new brands coming on the platform somewhere around 10 to 15 a week now. 
we've opened up all kinds of new tiers to help everyone across the board. So the smallest brands in the country, you know, we'll help them out with their websites. We'll help them out with some product. We'll take it on and help them find their fans all the way to the largest brands that are either opening up or have been around a long time. We run paid media for them and help them reach all the fans out there and find new ones via Facebook, Google, and Instagram. So we've really found a way to help every brand that wants to come into New York from the smallest to the largest with their online sales and building their brand up during this time. Let me ask you something, just staying on the subject about breweries, can you just give us a little color? What products are selling best? What kind yeah. of beers? Can you give me a couple brands? If some listeners uh, are looking for some things to try for the first time, they've never, you know, they're basically drinking the, um, the regular products that we see. And I'm not bashing any products. I love them all, but the Stella's, and, uh, you know, the bud products and stuff. What interesting products do you have that are doing really well? And maybe some of our listeners want to try something interesting for the first time and go on tap room. What would you suggest? Yeah, it's a great question. Something people don't realize about the online space is that it's really hard for the biggest brands out there that we all recognize to maintain the awareness that they have otherwise. So when you go into a Walmart, you know, the shelf is full of Budweiser and Bud Light and Stella and Heineken, but online, they still only get one little space amongst hundreds of brands. And so if you go to like taproom.com, you'll probably see four or 500 cans, all of beautiful art and different names and different breweries, different styles, different locations, different geographies, doing all kinds of different things that we're seeing people gravitating while they'll still go back to their tried and true that they love they're consistently adding to cart the things they find most interesting. And that is totally different based on different demographics. So I can tell you one of our top selling products is a Korean rice mogali that was reinvented by a lady, Carol Pack. That's about, like, what is that? Yeah, it's a rice-based beer that actually, it's somewhat well-known in Korea, but actually as a working class drink, a little bit cheaper end. But she brought it here to the U.S. and reinvented the branding, made it much more modern, gave it a sweeter palate for you know almost the general consumer. It's honestly a strange product that no one's heard of, but people are trying it and they're coming back online um, and they're buying it in cases. You know, like they're buying cases at a time of this style product and brand they may not really have any familiarity with. And in the similar space, you're seeing a, you know absolute explosion of what I'll call. Uh, unique and fruited seltzers and ciders. So like oh, things that yeah, across the board. Seltzers are yeah. like, and that's the biggest thing going, right? Absolutely. But you're seeing online the White Claws, the Trulies, the Bonham Vives, they're having a hard time maintaining much share, especially in this environment where people are drinking at home and not drinking for parties. And you're seeing that people want to try the more interesting, the organic, the more premium, the higher quality ingredients, the healthier for you options in that same space. So you know, while White Claw sort of paved this open road, the online environment allows for so many new people to test out their new products. So we're seeing gravitation towards those. So real quick, before Jimmy goes to the next question, I just want to ask you, if uh, if I'm a Truly or a White Claw, if that's what I'm drinking, and again, I want to try Taproom for the first time, but I like those White Claw seltzer kind of things, what brand or what suggestion would you recommend? Oh, it's just a lot. I mean, I think, you know, we just formed a great partnership with a brand called Two Robbers that are making some of the highest end craft seltzers in the country. Um, a new brand is going live based here in New York City called Fountain. 
that I highly recommend. Extremely delicious. We've been these are all seltzers like the. Uh, these are all craft seltzers. That's right. All right, I'm definitely going to try it. I know yeah. Jimmy, I know Jimmy's placing an order right now. <laughs> we also have a great seltzer mix pack if you want to just try 13 or 14 different craft or high end premium seltzers. Uh, it's a good way to get get socialized to the space. Well, so. yeah, well, that is that is a great one. I was just thinking. Uh, sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> I was just thinking about these virtual happy hours are exploding right now. I imagine you're probably getting uh, some action out of that. Yeah, we have a lot of people ordering for happy hours. So they'll they'll email in saying, I'm having a happy hour with 20 people. Can you send, you know, 12 beers to these 20 people? This is happening very regularly. So we've now become sort of if you want to host a happy hour for your company or for your friends or someone's birthday, instead of buying out the bar, they're buying everyone a delivered package of beer and everyone's drinking the same products together. So it's great to see that type of community developing in these funny times. I love it. It's five o'clock somewhere or we're talking about day drinking. And now I'll pivot after uh, embarrassing uh, myself with my experience with uh, day drinking. And I'll ask you about on another topic, the wonderful and charitable effort that the tap room and you're advancing. You, you've created on behalf of the hospitality industry and specifically the many workers that have been furloughed or now left unemployed. Tap room is raising funds and really trying to and have developed a taproom community relief fund to benefit the hospitality industry workers. And I think with a heavy focus on the beer and beverage communities that have been displaced by COVID-19. First and foremost, on behalf of, of the industry, a big thank you. Second, how's the program going? It's going really well. Uh, we've raised uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. We've had hundreds of people nominated and signed up. Um, you know, our investors are probably not so thrilled about this initiative, but we uh, have been lucky enough to be growing at a pace that we can give back, you know, 20% of those sales to um, actual individuals. So I'm continuing to uh, suggest that if you have had to lay off anybody or furlough anybody um, and you're part of the brewing hospitality or service industries, please let us know who they are. Um, we have a big pool that we'll be dispersing, you know, hopefully in the next month, um, once we close the campaign and literally sending checks to people's doors. Um, so please, you know, nominate the people or else we won't know where to send it. Um, it's, you know, it's our own little pool here. Um, we've obviously started very much with the accounts that we were selling to, you know, that's how we started this thing. But then, you know, we've had breweries and restaurants and bars from all across the country reaching out, you know, saying how thankful they were and if they could support uh, we've gotten donations from major corporations as well to be a part of the pool. So it's it's been it's been a great initiative. I'm I'm hoping to keep it going throughout the entire crisis as well. So, well, I think it's great, and you know I, we've disclosed that branded on the restaurant side of our business are are very happy to be uh, customers of Tap Room, and on the strategic side, with no apologies, we're thrilled to be investors in your company. So I can't speak for the other investors you mentioned who may not love what you're doing with the fund, but on behalf of Branded, <laughs> we think it's great. I know Schatz uh, is loving uh, using one of our, our stores to deliver food to the healthcare industry. If you're in this business, your DNA is to serve and to be part of the community. So we think it's great what you're doing and we appreciate it. You know, the one last thing I guess we'll throw out at you, we put you on the spot at the start uh, of, of the podcast, uh, trying to get you to nail down uh, your favorite, uh, your, your favorite uh, cerveza. And I guess I'm not going to ask you when this whole thing is over. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, the, the lockdown, the COVID crisis, or at least uh, the stay-at-home orders are released. What's the first restaurant <laughs> and or bar that you can't wait to revisit? 
Well, I guess I'm hoping to have a giant taproom party over at Duke's. You know, we got to have an old school one. That's probably where I'm going to end up. <laughs> winner, 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 chicken dinner. Do Get I ready. win the game? We're throwing yeah. a kegger uh, on the beer wall over at Duke's at, uh, and taproom. We'll be serving the uh, the best of taproom in that lineup. And we greatly appreciate that. And uh, when you do the next podcast with one of your, one of your other clients, you could tout them as the first bar you'll reopen. We appreciate uh, you either lying to us or, or ranking us at or near the top of your list no jason definitely we, uh, gonna happen now now it's gonna happen <laughs> now it's gonna happen we're, we're on we're on record jason we uh on behalf of shats on myself on the team at branded we appreciate what you do for the industry and and for for our stores i want to thank you so much for joining us here on the hospitality hangout to share some insights um you know we we love how you support the industry and all the thirsty quarantiners at this time by making uh the best of taproom beers available to them and seltzers of course on a direct-to-consumer basis if anyone wants to learn more about taproom you can simply go to taproom.com it's an awesome website yes check the 21 and over if you are 21 and over and have fun shopping and, and learning about beers also if you're interested in participating in taproom's community relief fund for every 50 dollars purchase taproom's donating 10 dollars and you can learn more about uh, that initiative on their website and the good things they're doing. To our listeners, we always want to thank you and we appreciate the time you spend with us tuning in to, to our podcast. We certainly know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we appreciate uh, that you choose to hang out with us. And hey, if you Jimmy, haven't done so already, what's that, Shazzy? question to you, Jimmy, what's your favorite beer? Uh, wow, that's a great question. I'll, I'll roll up a few, and I'm probably going to disappoint. I, I, love a, I love a bass ale. Um, it, it's a go-to. Um, I'm a big fan of the Yingling. I'm a big fan of the of the Sam Adams. Um, so I realize I'm playing big ball, and I'm gonna have to do a whole lot better uh, going down. But in the world of craft, um, you know, I I I've been really enjoying the bevy of beverages that come through the taproom platform. I haven't seen it in a while, and Jason, maybe you can. I love Beck's. I always love Beck's beer in a bottle. Oh, and I and I don't see that around. Shats, I'll buy you that Mick Ultra. I'll buy you that Ultralight anytime you want, brother. Yeah, we'll have to get some up on the website, and you can. Uh, we'll yeah. have that up there this week for you, Shatsy, and you can grab whatever you want. Shatsy, black black label is good for you. Uh, maybe a little Meister. All right. From all of us in the hospitality hangout, I am the uh, restaurant rabbi, and I'm your finance guy. And this has been a lot of fun. Thanks again, Jason Sherman Tap Room. Thank you. Cheers. Stay safe. Thank Be you. kind.